This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of morning Jake. you're looking resplendent in your palace there gordon hi thanks nice to see you i do um, need a haircut though. I must be honest with you now. I know it's a small problem given the massive issues around us, but uh, you know, we're all coping in our own way. So great to see you. How are you doing? Well, yeah, I'm, I've given up on the haircut. I'm going for the, the sort of hippie, abandoned, wild child look. I think it works well for me. So uh, I think, you know, uh, but there's somebody else we need to introduce as well, and that's uh, Josephine. Josephine um, Bass, who is the CEO of the PRC, who's uh, given up some time. Uh, this week to be with us and obviously it's a really important time and i mean i think if i'm awarding prizes for her i'm going to give the prize to josephine i'm giving myself second and you a bad third there doug if i may say so yeah i knew we had a day today so i made an effort and it's been an interesting week uh for you uh we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the developments of the week but uh I think more importantly here today as, as the PRC uh, CEO and just to talk us through some of the developments there, it's been a, a big and important development in last month, which is the release of the second tranche of, of PAM's data. And I think that's uh, an enormous achievement in and of itself, given what we've been up against. But just give us a bit of background on the on the PRC. You know, what, what is the role of the PRC, the Publisher Research Council? What's its mandate, you know, uh, and, you know, where, where is it going, you know, in, in, in the immediate term? We'll talk long term later on. Yeah, well, thanks for unpacking the acronym. Always important, isn't it, in our industry to uh, just flesh out those little three little letters to tell people who we are. The Publisher Research Council is funded and founded by the major publishers in South Africa for exactly that, to conduct audience measurement research, to, 
to measure readers, whether they be in print or online. And we, we're lucky that we have the support of the smaller independent men, members as well. It truly is a jick in the true sense of the word. It's a joint industry council where everybody has a seat at the table and we, uh, we look at the challenges and opportunities together and then we come in and, and do the, the publisher audience measurement survey in order to inform our media decision makers. So, I mean, it started off initially as a, uh, as a currency, so it was going to provide the reading currency post amps. Uh, and, and I'm using the word reading specifically as opposed to readership, and I'll unpack that in a moment. Um, but it's become so much more than that, and I think that's what we want to talk about as well. But you, you mentioned the online component. I think that's one of the big departures from, from AMPS, isn't it? It's not just readership, which was a, it's a research concept pertaining to ink on fingers, um, and it's, it's morphed into something much bigger. Why don't you just unpack for us the difference between readership and, and the online reading and how that's played into creating a, a much more user-friendly database within PAMS? I mean, obviously, we, we know that the world is, I don't even want to say going digital, has gone digital. And, and our sector is, is in measuring that audience, it's, it has, it's, has its challenges, but it does also have its opportunities to be able to measure how many people are still interacting with traditional legacy print brands, I suppose we now call them. Um, and how they're, they're moving into their new interactions in the future. And I think the time in which we're talking is, is really critical as well because millions of us, the world over, never mind in South Africa, we, we're stuck at home. And I think we're relying a lot on reading sources of information to guide us through these difficult times. And that's interestingly, you know, PAMS obviously has been measuring what's been happening for the last couple of years with, with readers and their behavior. But we are, we're in a different time now, a completely different time. So, um, you know, it's, it's time to pivot. I know that's a, a buzz phrase at the moment. And I think every sector is needing to pivot somewhat during these times. Um, but for example, when we did the launch at the beginning of last month, we were all set to shake hands and give each other hugs at uh, the usual venues um, and all of a sudden you know when the talk of lockdown began we realized okay well we were expecting there'd be more than 100 people so we we pivoted that and we we took the launch online and uh, it was it, it was it was it went really well we you know we we had a couple of little glitches in the background i have bride syndrome so i can always see what's wrong but in general it was well received and i think people welcomed a, just a little taste of a pre covid world and and normality but of course you know as we speak readers and readership is changing yeah and i mean the the proof of the pudding in that regard although it was more the the lack of advertising support that precipitated decisions but the demise in the past week of, of Caxton's magazine division, although we, we hear some of the titles might survive, and, and associated you know, uh, media publishing. Again, iconic brands, iconic characters that are part of the history of this uh, advertising and publishing uh, legacy in South Africa have just disappeared. Um, what what's the way forward for uh, before we even talk readership I and mean, you've got to believe that the medium works what what is the way forward is is the prc going to be given some sort of license to uh, move beyond the immediate research into re-energizing you know magazine publishing as a sector in other words 
use the JIC as a marketing arm as much as anything else? Well, I think even with the appointment of me, to be honest with you, Gordon, it's, I think there, there is a lot more interest in us marketing ourselves. I can't really speak on behalf of the publishers individually, but as a collective, obviously, you know, we're facing the future just like everybody else. Um, for me, the key to survival, you know, is that as the founding CEO of the IAB, I've long been a proponent of digital transformation. And now's the time. Um, if many publishers hadn't embraced digital as they did, there would have actually been, I think, more casualties. Um, thankfully, newsrooms and editorial teams have been transitioning, and hopefully that'll enable them to survive, if not thrive, in the post-pandemic world. And, um, you know, talking about the casualties, it's, it, it, it is devastating. This is, the, this is the family that I, I built my career with. Um, and, you know, the closure of, 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 of staples in the South African media magazine sector is really quite heartbreaking, uh, partly due to the lockdown. Obviously, copy sales and distribution in the case of magazines, unlike newspapers, um, they weren't considered a, an essential industry but more so because advertisers got spooked about the uncharted territories and they either paused or in some cases they canceled the entire advertising campaigns. Um, and I have to add here, despite historical evidence that cutting budgets in times of crisis is quite a high risk strategy, it's had an unintended consequence of further diminishing the revenues and resulted in some of these closures. Um, it's, it's, it, it feels like a double blow because of the timing. Because, for example, associated media publishing, as they had evolved into under the leadership of Julia, they had reimagined their business and, and their budgets. And, and they, were swimming, they were swimming upstream um, when there was a tide of falling circulations by innovating and partnering with advertisers instead, instead of simply selling space. They, they saw that writing on the wall. They moved. They were nimble. They innovated. And I'm certain that if the pandemic hadn't happened, I think their future would have been solid and steady. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm getting quite emotional because naturally the most devastating part is, is the many jobs that have been lost. And, you know, many publishers, workforces are taking salary reductions um, just to try and prevent further job losses. So it's, it is quite devastating to, to have such, uh, such casualties, even in... I guess, I don't know how many people would call it the early stages of, of this pandemic, but um, yeah, it means that publishers are, they, they have war rooms, they are discussing strategies as we speak. Um, I, in fact, it's a little bit premature to talk to you today because I've got a, I've got my Q2 board meeting coming up next week where we are all, you know, we're all bringing our, our, our best thoughts to the table on how we can continue um, on behalf of our members with the constraints that we find ourselves within. And, but again, I, on being an eternal optimism, we were also seeing the opportunities here as well. So that's what I'm going to choose to focus on, I think. Is the and I certainly, Josephine, sorry to interrupt you, and I certainly hope um, that, that, comes, that that comes about. Because, you know, I can see, I can see the emotion and I, and I can see the trauma. And, and I know people personally who've been affected through, through those things. And, and, those titles are just iconic. They're just part of South African lifestyle. You know, you look back through the years and, and you remember, it, you know, it's a weird thing. Sometimes you remember the holiday, the, uh, the book in the car, it was on the table, you know, something you may have just flipped through, something that you may have read cover to cover, something that you've revisited. And I think it's got that shelf time. But I think the sad part of it is, and I look at, at uh, in terms of, of my corporate career and spending um, and working with very big budgets, unfortunately, 
immediately, you know, through the years, it just became one of those Cinderella mediums, you know, it, it dropped off for cinema and, and, and newspapers. And I mean, going back, and I can't even remember whether this was maybe 10 years or eight years ago or longer, was the first shock to my system was Sports Illustrated. I never thought that would happen. I, I couldn't see it happen. And we were such a big advertiser those days. I was at, in the Nash stable and used sport and a lot of our sponsorship properties. And we did a lot of work with Sports Illustrated. And I just couldn't believe it, you know. And, and it, was, it really just knocked me back, Gordon, you know, at that stage. And now, whether it was, I can't remember, eight or ten years later, we've got another big shock, two in one week. Um, it's, a, it's a massive jolt to the system. Yeah, it is, you know, and it's interesting that you chose David Ogilvie's phrase, the Cinderella medium, because he directed that phrase back in the day at, at radio. Um, and radio, I think, uh, seems to have, uh, yeah, sort of ridden the storm to a degree uh, and, and possibly innovated more in terms of alternative platforms. But yeah, I'm just kind of pressing the buttons in my mind. Uh, and I'm trying to remember when last I saw anything, and this is not directed at the PRC, it's directed at individual publishers, which uh, addressed the issue of the role of magazines from a, from a macro perspective. You know, that the flip side, and it's a phrase we've discussed before, the, the flip side of being a digital native means I'm a magazine immigrant. Um, and I direct the same comment at radio guys as well. I had not seen anything from the radio broadcast industry which talks about the power of sound. Now, those things that used to be entrenched in the minds of creative needed to be reinforced. And I hope that whichever way we go forward, somebody takes that step back and said, look, if I don't believe the medium works, whether it be radio or, or in this case magazines or newspapers for that matter, then no amount of, of measuring accurately the audience is going to help. You know, all I'm going to be measuring is the, the degree of my distrust rather than, you know, the value of my money. So... If we look at it, are there learnings, Josephine, from, from around the world, you know, in terms of other markets where magazines have been through this phase? Obviously, COVID is a unique uh, catalyst, but are there, are there learnings that we can apply locally to, to future-proof that, that, that publishing sector? I'd like to think so. I mean, just last week I attended the, the FIPS Global Digital Subscription Snapshot for 2020, um, looking at Q2. And I mean, in their introduction, they said an extraordinary shift in media behavior patterns during an extraordinary time. The arrival of COVID-19 has brought about a dramatic shift in media globally. As people's freedom of movement is severely restricted, they flock to high quality content providers as they seek out entertainment, escapism, inspiration, and trustworthy news coverage. Now, for me, I, again, it's not for me to tell the publishers what to do, but I believe part of the way forward is, is to open up content that could or, or would have been behind paywalls. I'll use an example, uh, the example of the New York Times, making access to content to students for free in, in this, their summer. Um, that's a good move. That, you know, they're, they're guaranteeing future loyalties right there. Um, and I think, I think it's critical for, for publishers to show their commitment to giving accessibility to trusted and informative content, or in the case of magazines, inspiration, entertainment, and keeping communication lines open during this world of uncertainty and being in lockdown. I think publishers have got a golden opportunity here. Granted, part of recent successes and future thinking is paid subscriptions, which readers are slowly committing to. But in these times, I think the gesture of opening up that critical content has, has merit. Um, as I mentioned in a recent appeal on, on, our, on our news page on PRC's website, 
the world's changed forever. We're all going to be facing a new market situation. I believe that brands who are showing up now with empathy and care, no matter how they amplify or announce it, I'm not just pushing for my media here, they'll be the ones that we support post-COVID-19. And another buzz phrase is purpose-driven marketing. It's another trend we've noticed over the last few years. Now I think it's going to be a non-negotiable in the eyes of savvy consumers. Brands that have that in their DNA, who emotionally connect with consumers during this time of crisis, will not only survive, but I think they might thrive. And consumers have more and more access to information now, especially when they, dis and when they decide how to spend that reduced income now. I firmly believe that we'll vote with our wallets and we'll support the brands that didn't go dark or silent, but instead show us that they remain connected. Um, how better to share deep dives into the phenomenal work that many of the brands are doing to support millions of people in poverty, not for the kudos, but because they care about our citizens, their safety, their nutrition. Yes, there are many channels to share this kind of information and content, but readers will always read. And I, I guess, you know, primarily that is our role is to prove that readers are still alive and well, they're just changing platforms. And, and this is the perfect time to, to see that. Um, and as for measuring it, well, you know, stand by. That's, uh, you know, that's an appeal I'm, I'll be making at next week's board meeting. So um, maybe we'll have a follow-up discussion about that afterwards. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Are you nodding? I mean, you, you've, you've been really big on brand credibility and brand trust in, in your career. Yeah, go, absolutely, Gordon. And, and you, know, you and I, through um, the last year, have had guests speak on, on the podcast around purpose and doing the right thing. And I'm just hoping, you know, Josephine, that a lot of the people who are doing stuff now it's for real. You know what I mean? They're not doing it because they feel that now's the time to actually be a good person. You know, we're all in trouble, but I may as well just be the better of, of, of the people. But actually, at the end of the day, I'm just going to revert back to my old behavior when, when all is said and done and however that turns out. And I think that's not just a case of, of COVID. It's a case of purpose brands for a long time. You've you got to look at, you know, which brands are superficial and which ones are really for real. And I'm hoping that people will come out with a genuineness and, of course, the public supports that brand in, in the world of, of capitalism that we live in. Nothing wrong with that model. It's just a question of trying to be a decent person. I mean, years ago, I um, attended something at Harvard and one of the professors there, he was talking about his mantra and he'd, he'd come out of the financial sector after the 2008 crash in Wall Street. And I just thought of it now. I mean, I hadn't prepared this particular point, but it's so pertinent. And his, his mantra in his class is make a decent living decently. And that, and that he said that 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 theme goes through everything that I do, and hopefully at the end of this, whatever shape former does, we all make a decent living decently. Yeah, and I think coming back to the issue of trust, uh, it's always you know the world always rediscovers old things and calls them by new names. But if you if on the issue of trust, we can go back in South Africa into the the seventies and early eighties when Reader's Digest in this country did a series of studies on trust in, in magazine environments. And the benefits of placing an ad in a trusted environment were quite staggering. Um, mm. it's, it's heightened notability, heightened intention to purchase, heightened brand association, positive. All of that kind of stuff is, is an element of trust. So I'm mean, I, 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 I'm just pleased that the emphasis is going back where it should be. We allow, I think, procurement to kind of dominate. So. 
bigger and lots of content became more valuable than smaller, more focused and trusted content. So a return to those values, I would welcome. The other kind of story which has slipped off the radar but shouldn't is last week as well, the Daily Sun, which going back a couple of years, shot the lights up in terms of circulation, has also now, um, you know, the demise of the print edition has been announced and it's going to be online. And that for me, um, not from a commercial perspective, but from the perspective of a functioning democracy is horrifying. I, I blogged about this a week or two ago and I said, if you want to be a mensch, a real mensch, and you want to contribute, go buy a newspaper. Because if you think it's bad now in lockdown with 70,000 troops on the streets, try 70,000 troops on the streets with nobody commenting on the way they behave. And I think that is a horrific development. And hopefully this, uh, when we talk about the confidence and trust, we build it for newspapers as well. It, will they be part of that discussion, Josephine, next week? Yes. Yeah. I, re I represent both the news and, and magazine publishers. And yeah, so they, they, they are in our membership. And, and the funding model, it's, you know, anybody who's a member makes a contribution and to the, so everybody kind of based on their size but as, as I say we're a very fair jig everybody has a everybody has a say we've got a, a really active and involved and thankfully for me very accessible research council and that kind of you know we prepare all of the sort of uh, uh, suggestions for, for for the board to consider and that's our that's our feet on the ground you know we've got we've got our boots on the ground with with all of those people who are seeing what's happening internally at their own organizations and then can bring that to the bigger picture when we talk about it as a as a, an umbrella organization in trying to support all of them um, but just back to your point about kind of the the, the trusted the trusted uh, environments for brands it's a it's uh, an initiative that I started with the Publisher Council actually at the IAB to to try and convince brands and, and media decision makers that that's, that's critical. And surely it's no more important than now um, is to make sure that your brand appears alongside uh, something that's trustworthy. And of course, one of the, 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 the fallouts as well with advertising revenues for published titles, whether it be online, or offline is um, you know there were there were there were blockers on programmatics not wanting to appear by a story that included coronavirus or COVID or crisis. Um, I, I, I personally find that so short-sighted, and I think it was I think it was maybe just a knee-jerk reaction, but it's also had an unintended consequence as well, which has which has really made uh, the publishers suffer. And at a time when you know just this past weekend, the New York Times CEO said this is a moment when the world needs great journalism and newsrooms. It's a moment to prove the importance and value of journalism. And he even mentioned local newspapers. He said, every local newspaper which can stand by its community during this period will be thanked by that community. And I think he even ended off with an appeal to help them survive by subscribing. But, um, you know, I, I'm spitballing here. I, I, it just suddenly, as I was preparing to talk to you today, I thought to myself, well, how about, what about, and I haven't even spoken to my publishers about this, so, but, you know, I might get a, a wrist slap, but what about zero-rated access that's sponsored, sponsored by supporting brands and partners? Well, you know, what if we put the news into the hands of the readers, but without them having to worry about, I don't want to get into the data must fall discussion, but we all know that we're one of the highest data costs in the world. And surely at this time, is there not an opportunity there um, 
in the good citizenry that you mentioned earlier, Doug, can, can, can brands not help us to put that news into the, the hands of the readers? And, and, and by, by the same virtue, you know, magazine brands potentially offering back copies and PDFs um, to new audience who are now by necessity becoming more increasingly digitally savvy and more comfortable um, on, in the world of online. Those could be small but significant measures. That, who knows? Maybe they could win us some loyal new readers for life. Go for it. I think, you know, the, I, I also picked up on that uh, coronavirus and, and, you know, the block ad blockers for me made no sense because the, the, the vast majority of evidence from around the world is showing that if you construct your creative message in such a way that it is informative, helpful, whatever the case might be, and helps me as the reader to address Corona or COVID nineteen lockdown, then you get the benefit of that. You know, so I think yeah, that was a that was kind of knee jerk insanity initially. Hopefully, that one that one is over. I hope so too. Your lips to God's ears. Doug, you, you were going to say just, something. Yeah, I, I just wanted to make a point, uh, Josephine, around what you're saying about brands coming together with advertisers is the old school partnerships. You know, I look back over, over my career and I can tell you that in the earlier years, out of a 30-year career in, in marketing, I had mm. better direct relationships with media holders of different descriptions, TV stations, radio stations, magazines, newspapers. Somewhere along the line, probably in the last decade or so, it's all gone through media houses. You know, so I lost that personal touch. Very few people, when I say me, as I became more senior, obviously my meetings changed, but I look at people who worked with me in my team. They didn't have that relationship. They didn't have the discussion. And I look back to days where we would pick up a phone, phone a, a publisher or an advertiser, a, a, a magazine and say, I've got an idea. An old school trade exchange, a barter. I want to do this with that. What about that? I don't want to buy off rate card. I don't care about discounts. I don't want to have, that's the sort of discussion that I think we, what you need now is the strategist to put up blank pages on your wall. Not one word on those flip chart papers. Not one word. Not, not one word. You go in there and you say, now nah, new words. And, and, and if you start, just start with the word partnership. I, I, I just think, and I'm not talking from a soft, feely, touchy. I'm talking from a business. I'm talking about survival. Mm -hmm. you, need to get, you need to get back to that brand person and say, listen, how do we do stuff together? You know, I mean, it's, I don't know. And maybe there are those, I'm saying, I don't see it. I haven't seen it. And I ran one of the biggest budgets in the country. Maybe Gordon, there may be other companies, 50, 100 who have got it. Fantastic. But, Joseph, I just think I'm looking at your body language and, you, and you're nodding, and I'm not convinced that those relationships are there. I, 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 don't, I, I hope I'm wrong. I think they've been lost. I'm sorry to interrupt. I do think they've been lost over time. But if I can just point out, that is something that Associated Media Publishing was, was doing really well. They were, they were charging forth with that. They, were, they changed the model of you know, the media owner and the media buyer to partnerships, collaboration. Um, this can it can happen. I think it's good, it's going to get back to I like your word partnership. But what about personal personalization with our with our relationships? You're right. I think we we've, we've become disconnected in in the in the machine, and yeah. maybe it's back to I love that idea of a blank screen and just starting 
from scratch. I mean, I'm sure, you know, any agency people listening to that will be kind of at, at, at one celebrating and, and worrying about how, you know, how that could turn out. But I think that could, you know, that could, that could be really interesting. If we unified in our presence, in, in planning for the, um, I, I'm calling it the next normal, um, maybe that's an antidote to, to what's happening now. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there's an advantage that, that comes out of this, that we do start working more closely together again, that we've lost over time. I don't want people to feel that I want to uh, um, sort of uh, alienate agencies that I have great relationships through my years with media agencies, fantastic people, you know, lovely people, people on the creative side. I'm saying, Gordon, and you and I have spoken about this before, bring everybody together. I'm not saying just do it with a client. I'm saying bring people together, share it, but have the don't just sell me a space in the in the in the in the magazine. That's old school. It cannot be the answer. You know, and, and that real dialogue now forced out of necessity. You may find some goodness, you may find great and great ideas don't have titles. We know that. It's that old cliche. So now let's just do it. You know, let's go out there and maybe it's the junior person in the agency who's who's got the answer and not necessarily the CEO of either the creative house or the, or the media house. I think that's a great place perhaps to leave it. Uh, um, and I think that's to a certain degree, the issue I raised earlier, if it becomes a debate about my readership is bigger than yours, we go backwards. We've got to try and find a collective uh, effort to make the pie bigger. And I'm hoping that the PRC mandate will be opened up to allow the PRC to do those kinds of things. So if I want a partner or put up a blank piece of paper on the wall, Josephine, how do we get hold of you? What's the best way to, to raise these issues with you from a, from a drone perspective rather than a title perspective? What's, where do we find you? Thank you. Well, uh, well, obviously the website is kind of the, the portal for all our information, prc.za.com. I can be reached uh, at the same domain address, josephine at prc.za.com. Uh, please do follow our social channels. That's where we put all our news and updates. And it's also where we, uh, where we encourage interaction with the marketplace as well to tell us what it is that they need from the publishers, the newsrooms, uh, the collaborators, the, the partners. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on that optimistic note because uh, I, I think that's, that's the way forward. I agree with you both. I think that's, we have an opportunity here. Doc, you're the optimist. You want to have the closing word? Gordon, just thanks. You know, thanks for again for for a nice session. You and I, uh, a nice chat, Josephine. Thanks for your time. I know, I know it's troubling times, and I could see the emotion in your face. Hopefully, your meetings into the future are good and optimistic, and hopefully, there's a brighter, uh, you know, the sun shines and, and rises for all of us at the end of it. Gordon, great. I'm going to close off, and then we're going to catch you next week again. Absolutely. So, from, we're going to be in studio next week. Uh, Infinity Media have. Uh, sanitize their entire block you'll be COVID virus checked on the way in so we will know by this time next week whether we kosher or not Doug you and I <laughs> I look forward to it Gordon okay. um, and again you know, for, for all our, our viewers and listeners out there please get involved as Gordon I always say it's not about us just talking with very interesting people it's about you being part of the dialogue if you want to see anybody else on the on the show write to us tell us who you'd like to see give us a view agree disagree uh you know it's all good uh, and until next week uh we'll catch you then take care 
And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.